welcome to the um, Edge. Edge. Oh, so good. Y'all still remember. Maybe that name may actually stick here. Um, the Edge, we're glad that you're here. Um, who was here this past week? And okay, put your hands. And who was stunned by an amazing rap that you heard? Huh? Well, you know, you know, and the rap for those that missed it, you know, higher grounds of sound. I'm talking of opportunity knocks to a different love, not love like you know it, like you love your girl. It's love from above, not of this world. It's kind of profound. The trumps will sound, and all God's children are heaven bound. That that's the rap. I did it a little bit more high tech. If you want it, you can get it on the. Yeah, you had to do that at the end. Now, um, I've got to let you know something. This was in 1988. Who was alive in 1988? About eight of you, okay, or six of you. And some of you were like eight years or 12 years from being even a thought. So, um, I found this video clip of this song because I want you to see Toby Mac and DC Talk and I want you to also see now when this was out I was 17 and this is what was like cool baby this way we dance the way we dress I mean the girl's hair so um, it's just about a minute clip, and it, it, it's, it's the clip part of what I wrapped for y'all last week. It won't be as good as what I did, but I just want you to see what the real thing was. Good. Sound up. Sound up. Give it to me. Cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it off. Cut it not anymore. I don't want to crush y'all for that. Don't try like that. Oh, yeah. Michelle had that hair. Rubbing for the king with a sting in my voice. Like a demon man or women, but we're laying a choice. Higher ground is a sound that I'm talking of. Opportunity not different love, not love like we know it, like you love your girl, it's a love from above, not of this world, it's kind of profound, a truthful sound, and all God's children are heaven bound. Sorry, that's pretty sweet, it, 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 isn't it? Do you understand, do you understand 24 years from now, you're going to watch things and went, go, oh, we did that. My hair looked like that. I dressed, I danced like that. It's just going to be hilarious. You will get there one day. But we were cool. I mean, that's still cool, right? Okay. I just had, had, to, had to show that. I saw that this week. I went, oh, so good to be back in my own era. Okay. Who wrote the book of Romans? Who did you write it to? And where? What what year? Fifty seven. You know, there's probably like point zero 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 two percent of of youth groups that know that fact. Now, there's a lot of things y'all don't know that other people do, but still, hey, at least you know something. Now, um, tonight we're going to talk. I'm going to. I'm not going to talk as much tonight as I have uh, in the past few weeks. You know, some of y'all are like, oh, yes, praise the Lord. And um, but what I'm going to talk about. Uh, uh, if the world hears you talk like this, they're going to call you two things. They're going to call you a fool. And they're going to call you weak. But what we're going to read is the Word of God and what the Word of God says. And a lot of people ignore adults, youth, 
Christians alike, they ignore and they act like this doesn't apply to them. And this is a very big truth. And I've got a um, pretty intense, I think it's an intense video in a good, a, good, a, a good way just to drive the point home at the end. So turn to the book of Romans chapter 12. We're actually going to finish up. We've been in here for, this is our fifth week in, 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 in Romans 12. And remember, um, two weeks ago, we were talking about the true what of a Christian. The true what. Y'all remember? Start with an E. Essence, right? What they're made up of, right? To to have real love, to um, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. That's the essence of a Christian. Last week, we talked about the expression, how how we're supposed to live, what it looks like, the things we do. And there were ten things we we went through, and you sort of of checked how you did, and you were supposed to hopefully talk, talk with with someone and go, you know, I'm going to try to work on this. This week, we're going to talk about the true Christian extraordinaire. That means one that is extraordinary or amazing. And truth be told is this. It's an extraordinary, it's rarity now, and it shouldn't be. What truth we're going to, to look at and read, it shouldn't be rare. And when it occurs, we shouldn't be stunned by it and go, wow. That's amazing because the Word of God tells us to live this way. It doesn't say we, we, it might be a good thought. It says this is the way you should live. So, and it, it's going to apply to everybody in this room. Everybody in this room, this will apply to you. And um, in my life, even now, I struggle with, with going, okay, am I, can I live this out? Can I really live this out? I, I built it up and up, right? Um, the first week when I said love your... In, in, Enemies, that those that pick on you um, and bully you, or if they do yo mama jokes, you're supposed to love to love them. That's what the unconditional love is. I had somebody in in this room gasp and go, oh, "No, right?" They really did. And um, you know, and and some of us who've been in church, we go, "Ah, oh, yes, yes, that's what you're supposed to do." But but do we do it, or do we want to just go? I'm going to kick their stinking face in. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what, our, our flesh tends to come out and write it. So we've talked about how you live. Now look at this first verse, twelve, Romans twelve, verse fourteen. And I'm going to pr- probably run through these awful quick because the truth is just right there. I don't really have to explain it to you a whole lot. It says verse fourteen: Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Okay. Do you understand that? Bless. Do you, do you know what it means to bless? To honor, to love, to give to, to take care of, to look out for. That's what, when you're blessed, that's what is occurring to you. And we're called to bless those who persecute. What does it mean to persecute? Attack, hurt, ridicule, mock, make fun of, bully, scoff at. Beat up. Persecution can come in a lot of ways. So it says, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Don't worry, there's a lot more of that we're going to get to. Keep on going. It says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. As Christians, we are called above all else, not above all else, but one of the main things is to live in harmony with one another. Another. That doesn't mean we, we, walk, we, we walk around and sing show tunes in a different pitch that sound good. Okay, In harmony with one and another means we're getting along. We may not always agree, but we're getting along. We, don't, we, we, don't, we may not agree much at all, but we love each other and we get along. We don't beat them down. We don't put them down. We, and the place that this is probably seen the least is in the church. 
And it's our greatest chance to show the world um, who Christ is and what he's done in our lives. And so many times we do, in the church, the churches a lot of times are wrecked. They split all the time. They, there's big fights and knockdowns and, and, and feelings are hurt. But we're called to live in, in harmony with one another. And it says, do not be haughty or proud. The issue of all, all fights is, is pride. Issue of all, and we're called right here. How 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 do you do this? Don't don't be proud. You ain't all that in a bag of chips. Sorry. Okay, we're just not. Keith, even you aren't. But associate with the low 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 lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Just you can't think much of yourself. You know what? The only thing good about about you is what God's done in your life. The rest of the good works that we do is just like trash in the, in the eyes of God. God is so pure and right, and we're not. So, start with that. Just some more things on how we should live, how we should get along. Now, look at this next part, because this is sort of where we're going to camp out, run through, and, and, and wrap up with. Look at this. In Romans chapter 12, verse 17. I'm just going to read through verse 21 at first. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is Honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not... Be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Look back here at verse 17. First thing, Word of God says, this is all talking about getting along and loving those that hate you, attack you, and are enemies of you. This is a great, great thing that I'm sure you all are pumped to hear on a Wednesday night. Verse 17, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Okay? What occurs when someone wrongs us most of the time? My wife had it. Boy, we didn't even plan that, baby, did we? We just won. We just won. And, um, right, when someone wrongs you, what do you do? Boy, I'm going to, if they hit you, what are you going to do? Hit them back, right? If they call you a name, what are you, you going to do? I'm going to sweep the leg and then call them a, le- a name. You know, you know, it, 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 you know Revenge is something we feel like we are, we are due. You know, if someone does this, man, I'm allowed to get right back at them. But the Word of God is pretty clear on this, that we cannot repay evil for evil. So evil, an evil action plus an evil response just gives us sin. Do you understand that? It's a sinful condition. When we repay evil for evil, we sin. And you go, boy, that's just not fair. Well, there's a whole lot of things not fair, like God's sending his son to pay the price for your sin debt because you couldn't pay it. That's what's not fair. Who would have to preach? Now, so, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable. Think and do what's right in the sight of those around you. What's the right thing to do? You know what I mean? Rise above. Be better than that. Sin is going to call. Your flesh is going to want to pound. Your mouth is going to want to... Boy, my mouth is hard to keep in check. I mean, not just because I stutter, but it's hard to keep in check. I just want to just get back. And the Word of God says, keep that in check. Keep that in. You don't have a right to pound back at them just because they they pound at you. 
Look at this in this next verse 18. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Now you will have enemies in your lifetime. You will have folks that you don't get along with, that don't like you. I know you'd be stunned, but there are some people in this world that don't like me. I know, Bishop. I know. Keith, you don't count. You don't count. Because <laughs> we're working on our relationship, Keith. Um, I, you know, and let me just put it this way. Let me tell a story. I am um, my last church, not here, so you can't think of somebody's names. Who, whose names? I, I've had quite a few parents get awful mad at me uh, over things. I wouldn't agree that they had really a right to get mad and really just, just go off and just say things about me uh, that were way wrong. I mean, just just... Took my name and just rubbed it through the mud and just said whatever they wanted to just to uh, to beat to beat me down. Now I could have gone and attacked back and um, and let them know what I thought of them inside what Dan thought, not the God in Dan, but Dan himself, and um, and that would have been wrong. And so in some cases I've been able to just offer a hand of friendship and reach out and try to um, be nice, and they have just slapped away the hand. Not wanted a thing to do. Am I called to do more than that? If they they wrong me, they're mad at me. I go to them, try to make it right. They won't and make and make it right. Am I supposed to do more? I do what I can. You do what you can. Let me tell you this: there's some people that aren't going to like you. Okay, and the Word of God addresses it right here in verse 18. If possible, as far as it depends on you. Live peaceably with all. But you're living with a lost world um, that may not want to live peaceably with you. And there's points that you do have to defend yourself and not be killed or mauled or whatever, okay? But there's a point where um, you're just called to try to make things right and to keep, even when they reject it, you keep on good terms and you're going to allow them to stay on bad terms. You won't be on... I've got some parents that will not... If they see me on the side of the road and the cars broke down with all the kids, they would never stop. They would just just drive by. Michelle knows about a list of eight of them. Okay? And it's just what happens. You know, so understand the Word of God tells us how we're supposed to live. In spite of how they act, we're still called to live above that. You understand? This gets even better. Now, look at this. Verse 19. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. One, one truth here. The wrath of God is much greater than the wrath of Dan, or the wrath of Hannah, or even the wrath of D. I know that's hard to believe, but it's much greater than that. Y'all have not been on that side before. Anyways... <clears throat> Do you understand um, God will avenge? You know, we want to get our revenge. We want, we want them to pay. Do you understand that if they don't turn to God and get in right relationship with God before they die? It's, it's, it's horrible. We should not wish that upon anybody. Um, um, hell. Never. God will repay. Let God deal with it and let it go. We harbor, we get bitter, we get mad, they made fun of me, they mock me all the time. I mean, we get bitter and that affects us. And God says, just rise above. You know, I like that, that song we sang, I, I will lift my eyes in the darkest night because I know my Savior lives. Do you know that your Savior lives even in, when it's dark, when you're being attacked, when you feel beat up, 
God is bigger even in the midst of that. Look at this next verse, verse, verse 20. I know we're going through here sort of quick, but it's just what it is. Um, to the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap burning coals on his head. Paul quotes um, uh, Psalm 25, or Proverbs 25, 21, and 22 here. It's a direct quote that Paul takes, and he puts it in this book. Um, my question is, who is your in, in, in enemy? We'd all agree someone who attacks you would be your enemy. Am I right? Put up your hand if you think I'm right. If somebody hurt someone in your immediate fam- family, would you call them an in- enemy? Especially if they meant to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be. Real, I mean, you're going going after them. Um, uh, uh, a a a bully can can be one. Someone that. Um, Holds a grudge against you. Someone that's just mean. Sometimes it's where we meet folks that are mean. And do you know what? God even loves mean people with no teeth and bad breath. I mean, He does. He, he does. Um, you know, what I like about this quote, too, right here, is it says that if, even if they're mean to you, be nice to them. Be nice to them, even if you reach out to them. Because I've had some I've reached out to, and they've slapped my hand away. I've had some I've reached out to, and they didn't slap my, my, my hand away. And now that we become friends because of it. And there's two things that will occur. When you, you just rise above it and love them because God does, and you're called to, and you take this love that God loves you with, and you share it with them, that's the only way you're going to love them. If you understand God's love for you, and how you don't deserve it at all, and you're going to take that love, you don't deserve and you're going to share it. That's how you do it. But you know, they're either going to accept it or it's going to burn them up. It's going to make them matter. Now, sometimes that can feel good. We're like, man, I hope it just burns. I hope it just, you know what I'm saying? That's our flesh. We're not supposed to think that way, but sometimes I do. Okay. Okay. Because it says it's like taking, uh, heaping coals and sticking it on their head. It's just shaming them. It's just like, oh, you know, they've been mean. They People know when they've been mean. You know when you've been mean. And then this person you've been mean to is also nice and help, help, helpful. They look out for you. This is just scripture on how to deal with those that are against you. It's just clear teaching about it. And look at here at the end. It says, verse 21, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Do you know how you beat this? You do what is right. Because bad actions plus good actions on your part equals holiness, equals godliness. It's God doing a work in you and maybe in them, but he's definitely doing one in you. So bad plus bad, bad. Bad plus good, God. You got me? Easy, simple. Now, who here has heard of the Hatfields and the McCoys? Have you ever heard this, this story? The two fam- fam- families, one of them did something wrong to the, 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 the other. This one got mad and they killed one of theirs. They got mad, they killed four, four of theirs. And they, and they back and forth, murder, kill, murder, kill, murder, kill, because they were wronged and they were enemies. They hated each other. Other, we're about to watch a video, and um, it reminds me almost of the Hatfield and the 
McCoy's. Now, it's a, a video. If you've come to my camp within the past two years or th- three years, I showed this video, but I cannot get away from it. Um, I showed it to Michelle. I said, this is just sort of what I'm going to teach on. I've got to show this again. And so even if you've seen this before, I think you can get a ton out of it. It's about a 10-minute clip. It's a true story of something that occurred four years ago at a high school. So, And it was on ESPN, and it won the ESPY Award for um, cur- Courage in a family. So let's hit it and take a look. Whole day of Friday is pretty much gauged towards the football field. Who we're playing. How good are they? Growing up in Parkersburg, you dreamt about being out there on the field on Friday nights and playing for Coach Thomas. He arrived in 1975, the new football coach in Parkersburg, Iowa, just 25 years old. Over the next 36 years, Ed Thomas would win 292 games, two state titles, and be named National High School Coach of the Year by the NFL. He sent four players to the pros, but more importantly, turned generations of Parkersburg boys into men. Men like Dave Becker, the captain of Ed Thomas's first Falcon team. We had our meeting and the rules were announced. We were going to work harder than anyone else. We were going to, fourth quarter would be ours. He uh, convinced us we could be winners. He had the gift of getting kids to elevate their game to a level that they never thought they were even capable of. He expected more out of his football players, that they were going to set the example of how to act. It was an experience that I wanted when I become a young father for each one of my kids to have. I want them to learn all the intangibles that goes with athletics that are going to make them a better husband, a better dad, a better member in their community, and their church, just a better citizen. Never were those lessons more important than May 25th, 2008. In just a matter of seconds, the tornado destroyed hundreds of homes and killed eight people. A big part of my life is this school. As you look at our athletic facilities, all destroyed, we're going to rebuild. Because I don't know how else you deal with it, but to move forward. With his own house amid the rubble, Ed Thomas guided Parkersburg out of the wreckage. Flanked by his current and former players, Thomas led a cleanup effort with an ambitious goal. Restore the football field in time for the Falcons' home opener, just 100 days away. He just set the tone very early and we were going to dust ourselves off, we are going to help each other, and we are going to get through this. I asked him, Coach, what can I do? He said, well, we have to get all of them bleachers off the football field. And he put his hand on my shoulder and said, Dave, I'm, I'll leave you in charge of that. Alongside the football field being rebuilt, we were rebuilding our town, so it was an end goal to look forward to kind of that fall, that we could do something normal, because nothing was normal that year. And so on September 5th, with seemingly every one of Parkersburg's 1,900 citizens in the stands and a national audience watching on TV, Ed Thomas gathered his team in a makeshift locker room known as the bus barn. Every player that's ever played on that field, I guarantee you, is thinking about you tonight. Fellas, I've been in this for 36 years. I've had some tremendous experiences. Nothing is going to be greater than going out there tonight.
just the fact they could play through that devastation and the team, the way they came together. It was definitely emotional, especially after the summer we went through. There's no question in my mind we will be a better school and a better community than we ever were before. Thank you. Big night. Well done. Coach Thomas led the Falcons to an 11-1 record that season. And as winter turned to spring and then summer, the town began to look like itself again. Last June, a little more than a year after the tornado, the football team resumed early morning workouts back in the bus barn. When you're done lifting, you just tell them you're done lifting, and you'd say, see you later, just see a coach, just like every other day. We uh, had, a, I think, a shooting right now in the bus barn down at the high school. In the bus barn? Yeah. Kids had come running out and said somebody shot Ed Thomas. Ed Okay. Just a few moments after Scott Becker drove away, unbeknownst to him, his older brother Mark, a former Falcon starting lineman who had been recently diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, walked into the bus barn and in front of 22 students, pulled out a gun and shot his former coach seven times. The chief of police told me that it was Ed and that he'd been shot in the head several times and he didn't want me to go in there. So I called Aaron then to let him know what was going on. My mom is probably one of the calmest people I've ever met, but I could hear something in her breath. I knew it wasn't good. It was already on CNN, and that's when we had found out that he had passed away. And I instantly just started thinking about my boys. To tell a two-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old, how are you going to explain this? It's kind of like you just get punched in the stomach. I just told her, sorry, I couldn't be here. The Thomas's world was shattered. Across town, another family would soon be stunned to learn that the killer was their own son. My phone's ringing. I pick it up, and it's my neighbor saying, you better get home. There's a lot of squad cars flying up your driveway. A couple of the sheriff deputies filled me in on it was Mark. I can remember, obviously, kind of uh, falling apart there. I called my husband. I said, Dave, did you hear about Coach? said, Joan, you've got to get somebody to give you a ride home. I couldn't wrap my mind around how a kid who dad had taught and coached and, and reached out to would ever do something like this to him. My son was responsible for taking such a good man. How do you get over that? I just wondered how this was all going to play out. How are we going to live tomorrow? I was concerned about being able to live in this community. The Thomas family immediately addressed those concerns when just hours after the murder, they held a press conference and made an appeal to the town. Nothing can prepare you for what our family, uh, our community is going through. We also want to make sure we express our concern and our compassion for the Becker family. We ask that people pray for them as well. How do you stand up there and offer comfort and prayers to the family of the person who shot your dad? It took a lot of courage for Aaron to do that. Dad always taught us to lead by example. If we're going to tell somebody to reach out and support the Beckers, and if we're not doing it, um, you know, that's not very good character. The day after the murder, Aaron and Todd sought out Scott Becker, one of Coach Thomas's players who was struggling to come to grips 
with what his older brother had done. Our biggest concern, my brother and I, was just that for Scott to know this wasn't his fault. Right away they said, we're here with you. That was probably the first time I broke down. Thousands came from across the country to Parkersburg for the funeral. But as the Thomas family mourned, they somehow found the strength to continue consoling the Beckers. This is a note that Jan gave to an usher, and it says, give to Joan Becker. Joan, Dave, and boys, we love you and are here to hang in there. Jan T. I'll never take this out of my Bible. Compassion is the driving force in their family. We had hundreds and hundreds of people come to our home. They would say, we just love the Thomases. Jan said to be sure and give you her love. I went down to the mailbox, and there is every square inch of stuff full of thinking of you cards. That's when I realized that it was going to be okay in the community. Two months after the murder, the Beckers returned to Ed Thomas Field to watch their youngest son, Scott, play football again, now led by a new generation of Thomases. As we approached the crowd, of course they turned and looked and just started hugging. Once that kickoff took place, you said a feeling it's going to be okay. I know Coach wasn't there, but he was there. And it was Falcon football once again. The three things that mattered to Ed Thomas the most were faith, family, and Falcon football. And he dedicated his life to sharing them with the citizens of Parkersburg. Today, a year after his death, his family is left to carry on without him. But just like Coach, they have led by example, showing uncommon strength, faith, and compassion at the darkest of times, revealing the power of forgiveness not just to a town, but the world far beyond it. And it is through the dignity and courage of his family that Ed Thomas's legacy lives on. I'll never be my dad, but if I can have some of the impact he had, I'll feel that's what I'm supposed to be doing. There's no doubt we have been faced with adversity. We made our choice on how we're going to react to it. My hope for the future is to be high school kids again, to just get to be small town Iowa, to move forward but not forget my dad and what he's taught us. Hit the lights, sir. Hit them all on there. All, all, all the buttons. There you go. Thanks. Um, that's a pretty neat story. It's an amazing story. Um, and can I t tell you, that is what this looks like when it's lived out. Do you understand that can be lived out here, here and now? Not on the same, what you say, that same huge scope, but on, on a scope that can just affect folks the same way. And, you know, we, we, you know my thought was, who are our in, in, enemies, you know? And uh, there's, schools are full of bullies and mean folks and all that stuff. Do you know, I believe that our youth group's big enough to change the culture of the school we live in. We're not a group of like five kids that are trying to, to change the school that's huge. We've got 40, 50, 70, 80 that come in this place that if you decided going, you know what, we're not going to put up with just this, this crap. When someone's getting picked on, I'm, I'm going to stand up for them. And, um, and when someone picks on me, I'm going to choose to do what is right. Do you understand? You can change the culture that you live in right now. Don't wait 
till you grow up, you're never going to get there. Never going to get there. The middle school can be changed. The high school can be changed. Where you are can be changed. You know, the story's not just so a rare of a occurrence. I read a thing today. Who here saw the news report about the Dallas Cowboys player that was in, in the car? He had a practice player on the team that was in the car that was killed, right? He was, he's been in jail. Put your hands down. It's good. He's, he's been in jail. And this occurred like five days ago. Well, I read today that the funeral for um, the last name of the guy, I think is Brown, is the guy that died. His funeral was today. And, um, and the Cowboys team flew in, the mom and family flew in town, them all in town for it. And the mom requested one thing. She requested that the guy that was driving the car meet him at the airport. And she insist, insisted that he ride in the limo to the church and sit with the family because he's known them for a long time. And, um, and they thought of him as family. Now, the guy was drunk. He wrecked the car. Big mistake. She even said, he made a big mistake. I know he did, but my son did too. And we love him still because he's family. And you go, she could have gone to the flip side and just been ticked. And everybody would have gone, yeah, revenge. But man, you go, oh, dude, this lady really did something that was right. Something that honored God. So you have the opportunity. We have the opportunity. Let me close with this. Do you have any enemies today? Because I bet if you just took a couple seconds to, to think there's some names that sort of pop up they may not be full-fledged i'm against you all the time but man they feel like they are someone some of these people you can't stand um some you may feel like you sort of hate just because they just hurt it's just, they hurt you they attack you can i just remind you that we are called to forgive them as god has forgiven us that um it's just the same truth in our sins, we're enemies of God, and He chose not to repay evil with evil what we deserve. He chose to repay evil with good by sending His Son. And we've got to take that same forgiveness, that same grace, the same mercy we are giving, and give it away. And my challenge for you, and it's just not for this week, because this has got to be part of your life, and it's every day of your life, is um, to take forgiveness and not just forgive your friends. But forgive your enemies, those that have hurt you, those that have attacked you. Because in truth, in the Christian life, you have no right to hold it against them. Because it's not been held against you. So take a minute right now to think of someone. Think of a name. They may pick on you, bother you, offend you. They may attack you. They may mock you. The fact that you go to church and you believe in God. And start right now forgiving them. And I dare you to say, God, help me to love them and show love to them, show good to them. That's what an extraordinary Christian looks like. And it shouldn't be extraordinary. It should be, that's what a Christian looks like. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for this teaching. And Lord, it affects us all in so many ways. And Father, I understand that we can't repay evil with evil and be in right relationship with you. And my greatest hope for me and for each one here is that we will live each day in right relationship with you. So when evil comes our way, when hurt comes our way, I ask that you will give us courage, you will give us strength, you will give us patience. To do what is right. 
to think and choose to do what is right because that honors you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.